0: Hello, and welcome to The Board Librarian's Episode 2, where we're going to be discussing Photosynthesis, a game by Jalmer Hawk. I'm Brian.
1: And I'm Elizabeth.
0: And we're here to talk about board Board games. games. Second
1: time. Second episode (laughs) in unison once again.
0: So how are you doing today, Elizabeth?
1: Pretty good. How are you?
0: Not too bad. We had some nice pizza for dinner tonight. We did. We tried a new pizza place. It's a place that's been changing constantly. It changes every, like, six months, and this was a pretty good version, so let's hope it lasts.
1: Yeah, I was pretty happy with my slice. I got white white pizza with spinach. I love spinach. I love white pizza, and so it was a win.
0: I had two different kinds of chicken pizza. One was, like, sesame chicken, and one was chipotle, although, surprisingly, it wasn't very spicy. Anyhow, we digress. So... Let's talk about Photosynthesis.
1: Well, we actually, we didn't digress because this game is called Photosynthesis, and it's talking about how plants make food out of sunlight, and we were hungry, so we ate food. So there was a connection there.
0: There was a slight connection.
1: There was a very big connection. It wasn't slight. So we're going to tell you about Photosynthesis.
0: So Photosynthesis is a game for two to four players in which you are going to be planting and harvesting trees. There are some lovely trees in this game, and on your turn, you're going to either plant a seed. You're going to expand your tree by growing it to different sizes. You are also going to be collecting sunlight points. The round starts by collecting sunlight points. You determine where the tree is and where the sun is. The sun is going to rotate in a circle, and the sun looks like Pac-Man. And you're going to look at where the sun hits your trees, and depending on the size, the tree going to get a certain amount of sunlight points. And you use those points to be able to purchase new trees off your board, make your trees grow bigger, and then cash in your trees eventually when they're the biggest size for victory points. And the victory points start at a higher number and they go lower. And the closer to the center of the board, the tree is, the more points there were. That was
1: a lot of information. <laughs> that was. That
0: was. So let's. So the
1: board rotates. So think of it as a clock.
0: Well, the, the sun. The sun rotates. But okay,
1: the sun rotates.
0: Let's start talking about the pieces of the game. What did you think about the components?
1: I liked the trees. So the trees were made out of these little cardboard pieces. So they actually stood up on the board. When you check out my Instagram, which is Cricket Jack of Hearts, you will see a photo of Cricket in the forest because I had to take a photo of it. I like that the pieces were 3D. So they were the- a win for me.
0: Yeah, the trees are very nice looking. There's not a lot of pieces in the game. Everyone gets a certain amount of big trees, medium trees, small trees, and seeds. And you get a player board and that's pretty much it. No cards, no dice, no wooden pieces. No money. No money. It's all about the trees. What did you think about the gameplay itself?
1: So when I started playing, I realized my strategy was probably going to make me lose. However, I quote on that the closer you are to the center of the board. So the center of the board, you get more victory points at the end. However, when you're in the center of the board, it's easier to get blocked out, um, to get the sunlight blocked out, because if there's a taller tree in front of you, depending on which direction the sun's facing, you might not get any points, even though you have a bunch of trees. If they're behind other trees, you get put in the shade. They throw some shade on you.
0: Yeah, each tree based on the size casts a certain amount of shadow. So for example, if you have the largest tree, which is the size three tree, it, it, it basically covers up the trees behind it. So it won't, the trees, the three spaces behind it will not get sunlight. So if you have a littler tree or a medium tree, even a bigger tree, they won't get any sun. So it's very strategic in where you place the trees.
1: So on the outside of the board, um, there's some pieces. So along the perimeter of the board, there's circles with one leaf in them and then the closer you move so the second row there's two leaves the third row there's three and then the center tile or circle tile is four since we played as two players we only got up to the three point value but um i noticed my beginning turns i was doing a lot of the one leaf but i didn't upgrade those the further we got in the game because i realized they weren't going to give me many points in the end so as i quote on to the rules i kind of Worked my way in, in the middle of the board.
0: Yeah, I think that was one of my biggest mistakes in the game. I started off doing very well, and I realized I was planting a lot of big trees on the outside, and the outside ones are worth 14 points, and then 13, then 12, etc. And the inside ones start at 19 points, and Elizabeth did all the inside ones. I did. And if you do not place your trees appropriately, and the other trees cover the, uh, the... The bigger trees cover the smaller ones, or the smaller ones get in way of each other, you end up getting very few sunlight points, and your turns are pretty much non-existent. And that yeah. happened to us quite a few times. It happened to me a lot, where I had, by the end of the game, didn't I have turns where I had, like, three sunlight, four sunlight, and I was able to do almost nothing? True. So I think that was a problem. How do you think the game would play with more players?
1: I can see it getting way more competitive with more players, because the two of us, we kind of stayed on, like, opposite ends of the board, depending on which way the sun was turning. But if you have three or more players you're definitely going to be fighting over spaces more, and especially in the next round when you count how many sunlight points you get, I could see people getting upset saying, oh, I didn't get any points because he blocked me out. That didn't really happen too much. We were kind of blocking ourselves out rather than each other.
0: Yeah, we didn't really have that much competition. I did play this game four players previously, and one of the players I played with, I think he only had like very few points. I think he had four points because by the end of the game, Every single turn, he was basically blocked out. He blocked himself out. Other people blocked him out. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to get any points this round. So I could see that being a big problem. It's it's a very nice theme. I thought that... Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think the game had anything to do with photosynthesis?
1: Um, I... Th- hmm. Well, we got the sunlight points, and the sunlight helped you... The sunlight points helped you upgrade your trees. And then it also led to the victory points. But, um... Yeah, because you needed the sunlight points in in order to upgrade your trees. So I I do think think so. But you didn't have to feed your trees every round, so I I don't know.
0: Would you consider (laughs) this game to be an educational game? Would you play this in a classroom setting?
1: I wouldn't say it was like a review game. I don't feel like you needed to know what photosynthesis was to play the game.
0: Do you think there's anything that could be learned from this game?
1: Um... (laughs)
0: Like, do you think this is something that a science teacher could bring into the classroom and be like, here's photosynthesis, now let's play a game about it? I mean, I could see
1: them being like, hey, we had a test yesterday, today's Friday, or tomorrow's like a school break. I could see it being played like that, but it's very loosely connected. So you're saying a biology teacher
0: could incorporate that into the curriculum saying, this is a lesson on photosynthesis, here's a game about it.
1: I mean, I don't feel like they would be doing that unless it was like right before a school break.
0: Maybe they should. That would be
1: their way of getting out of, like, showing a movie and getting in trouble for it.
0: I think teachers should bring board games into the classroom more often, but that's a whole other topic because I do think that they're educational in some ways.
1: Well, there's definitely – all right, so I wouldn't call this, like, a Steam or a STEM game. But, yeah, there's definitely games that help with coding or concepts that could be connected to the classroom. But I wouldn't say this was, like, a direct connection. But if you're a class that has played other Steam games, I could see this being thrown into there – but I wouldn't say this is, like, directly tied to a lesson.
0: I can understand that. Now, let's talk about the value of the game. How much do you think this game is worth? How much do you think someone should pay for it?
1: Uh, I don't usually buy the game, so I always feel like I say the same thing. Like, oh, $40. I
0: think that's about what I <laughs> that's paid like for.
1: That's, like, it. My, uh, my baseline.
0: I think it was between 35 and 40 I think that it's kind of worth the value you pay for it.
1: The cardboard pieces, mm, definitely. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's a very attractive game. It's very three-dimensional. So when you walk past it, you say, wow, look at these beautiful colored trees. And the trees are very nicely colored. They're blue, yellow, orange, and green. So you have a lot of different varieties. And all the seed, the seed plants, the seed tiles are all very different for each color. So they're, I think they took a lot of care in making the game.
1: Yeah, so we played with... We didn't play with the blue trees. We played with the green. I played as the green trees. And then Brian played as the orangey autumn colored trees so it was kind of cool because you know uh it's gonna be fall soon leaves are gonna start changing so we played with like the accurate season that we're in
0: and i lost this game pretty handily i think elizabeth's score was about 30 points ahead of mine so i didn't do particularly well but i still did enjoy it it's not the kind of game i'd want to play every day i actually played it twice today which i think was a lot and i'm about ready to put it away for a year So...
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad I got to play it.
0: Yeah, I thought it was fun. So let's go over to our rating of this game. And we're doing it on the Dewey Decimal Scale, which is 001 to 999. And 001 means this is a game that you do not want to play. It deserves to be thrown away. And 999 means this game is crazy.
1: Hmm... All right, so you want me to start because I had you start last time? Yes. I didn't really think about my scoring, though. However... I will say that um, this, this game moved pretty quickly. It wasn't a slow game. It's one of those games that you're like, oh no, this is the last round. So that always like causes stress. Like, oh no, I gotta make all my turns. So, I don't know. It could be a good thing that it was a quicker game. But then at the same time, it could be a bad thing. However, there was an option to play the longer game. So, I'm not going to rate it based on that. Um, hmm... I'll give it, like, a 780. Wow. I just saw your eyebrows go up, and I don't know. <laughs> I liked it better than, um, what was the game we played last week? I'm terrible the at remembering. Project. The, the Deluvia Project. I liked it more than that, all right? So I'm giving it a higher rating than that. And I feel like I picked up on the rules quickly, and that's always a good thing. I feel like it's a game you can really play with anyone. However, you just want to make sure that... It's someone that won't get seriously mad at you and flip the table if you block their pieces out.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone would be that mad in this game. Okay, so my rating, I would give it—now let me say before I say what the rating is. I like the game. It doesn't wow me. It's fun. It's not very deep. It's kind of just—it's deep, and you can overthink your turns. You could be like, okay, where's the sun going this turn? Why am I putting this tree here? But there's nothing really exciting about it. It's just, okay, I'm going to grow this tree. I have eight sunlight points, so I'll keep one for next round. There's decisions in this game, but there's just not a lot of, like, it's just very simple. And sometimes that's what you need, but it's usually not what I want. So I would give it a 636.
1: So I told you last episode that Brian and I have different (laughs) reading tastes and uh, that we were probably going to score differently for games most of the time and this is accurate cause well it's we only were, one point difference well it's a whole class difference last time we were both in the 700s and this time we're not
0: there are some games that people would ask me do you want to play this in, a, in, a, in the same day or the next week And i'd be like yeah i'll play it again this game i'd be like eh, i'll wait till next year i think i'm kind of done with it for now I'll
1: wait until next season <laughs>
0: <laughs> now for me it'll be next year <laughs> next year yes when the sun rotates around the board so on that note, thank you for listening to the review, and we're going to go on to our next segment. For the second half of our show, I'm going to talk about an app that I use quite frequently that I highly recommend. It's called the Board Game Stats app, and it's an app that lets you record your scores in every game, and you enter players in, you enter your games, and then you enter the location of where the game is, and you can record your scores, and you can see the high score, the lowest score, the average winning score. What do you think of the app, Elizabeth? She sees me using it all the time.
1: Yeah, and also I usually say, have I played that game? (laughs) And then you check your app, and then you're like, yes, you have, because I've mentioned I am terrible at remembering the names of board games. But um, you also note that how long it takes to play the game, right? You record, uh, you note when we start the game and when we finish it. So it tells us the average game played, too.
0: So it tells you the the average time played, and I use it to kind of keep track of my library of games. Whenever I play a game, I put it into my app, and then I go back, and I try to play, because I have so many games in my collection, and I try to play each game once a year. So what I do is I go into my app, I go to Recent Play, and it lists them in the order of the date I played them in, and I scroll over to the bottom, and I say, okay, I haven't played these games in a year. So I try to get my games played that way. It's a very methodical way of doing it, but it also ensures that all my games get played in an even amount of time, and it also lets me decide whether I should keep them or not.
1: And then also when you do decide to get rid of a game, you do delete it from your app. So on the other hand, I don't know some of the games I've played, like you don't have them anymore. So I'm like, have I played that? What's the name of that game? Check your app. And you're like, I deleted it. I got rid of it. And I'm like, oh man. So yeah.
0: I've probably gotten rid of, I would say a good 150 to 200 games over the years, which wow, is which is kind of crazy. <laughs> I've actually wanted to keep a list, but I think it'd be really hard. I'd have to brainstorm and go through it. And I get rid of games for a lot of different reasons. Can you think of any games that I've gotten rid of that you miss?
1: Um, Well, some of them were also not necessarily strategy games. Like the game Anomia is a really fun party game, and I really enjoyed it. I think I had played it once or twice, and I wound up buying it myself because you had gotten rid of... Yours, but that was also because you were playing it a lot.
0: Yeah, Nomia is a game that's a lot of fun, but it has very limited cards, and it's the kind of game... Let's explain how to play it briefly.
1: I bought the Party Edition to expand, like, that's the expansion pack. Oh, but. I played that too. So fun. So
0: what you do is you get a card, and it says, for example, food. Probably not food. Probably say, candy brand. And there's symbols on the cards, and the next player flips over a card, and that says, Dogs. Or dog breeds, and there's a symbol on that card, and you keep flipping cards over, and when two players have the same symbol, each player has to say whatever's on the other player's card. So, for example, if Elizabeth has the hashtag symbol and hers says, dog food brand, and mine says, clothing brand, she has to say a clothing brand, such as the The Gap, before I say a dog breed, such as Jack Russell Terrier.
1: That's what I have.
0: <laughs> yes. That's why I said it. And I know. So that's why, that's the kind of game it is. But that kind of game, just like I said in the previous episode, that you play it a certain amount of times, You start to memorize answers. And there's certain ones that are pitfalls, such as rock opera. I remember I played that at work with some of the kids I work with. and
1: Wasn't it like space rock opera? It was something very... It was
0: a very specific thing. And basically, if you had no idea what to name for that category, it was basically a shield because no other player can steal that card from you. And... It's a very fast-paced game. It's also a game that's really bad for people who can't pay attention. So if you have ADD or you just can't focus on the game, you're going to have a lot of trouble with this game because if you're not looking, it's very easy to to miss the matching symbols. So that's a game that I got rid of that Elizabeth says she missed. There are some games I've gotten rid of that I missed. However, no, actually... I
1: bought it for myself, so I, you I still miss a... it. You still miss it. I still miss it, but I, I have it now, so that was one that I it was a space rock opera. That's what it was. Yes. Very specific. And there was
0: another. there's a couple of other games that I bought that I got rid of because they just weren't the right fit for me. I actually have a game called Through the Ages, which is a very popular board game about civilization building. And it's the only game I have on record that I actually purchased, gave it away, purchased again, and then gave it away. But there was a second edition, and I learned my lesson. So... I would recommend that you do as much research as possible. If you have friends who own the board games that you that you like and you're interested in playing, play them before you buy them. Unfortunately, I don't have that option. I so, do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's a problem with being the purchaser. You have to kind of just go in blindly. And just because a game sounds good doesn't mean that you're going to like it. So you should listen to our reviews and take our advice because we both have excellent taste.
1: However, that makes me sound like I'm totally mooching off of Brian's board game collection. That's not totally true because for Brian's birthday and Christmas everyone usually checks his Amazon wish list and I we do, we do f- try to get you games for your birthday that you want
0: usually i do get a fair amount sometimes of
1: games. i i uh go rogue and i buy a totally <laughs> random game just because I'm amused by it like oh gnome you didn't which
0: was fun That was I'm f-
1: oh gnome you don't No oh, gnome you don't yeah but I like saying oh gnome you didn't
0: it's a fun game it lost its welcome a little bit but I did enjoy it it was a
1: hit for a while though it
0: was it was and she bought me another game which I haven't played yet it's like 75 gnome street I think she's on a I think gnome it was trip. like
1: battleship in a way with gnomes
0: it sounded pretty interesting I'll have to try it and perhaps we'll review it for a future episode oh I think it's 3 to 5 players so
1: we'll just find another person <laughs> Or just play with some gnomes and pretend that they're like the computer player.
0: (laughs) I think we could find someone else. All right. So I think that's about it for this episode. And we'd like to thank you all for joining us. And we'd like to thank the Sachin Public Library for, for, for providing this beautiful space. And we hope you tune in next week, actually in two weeks, for another great episode of The Board Librarians. The Board
1: Librarians.